historic moment. Raptors win. Good afternoon and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 15 of the DNVR Raptors podcast. My name is Colton Strickler, and I'm really excited about the show that we have for you guys today. I've got an extra special episode uh, for everybody as we sat down for a conversation with Colorado Raptors Director of Rugby, Mark Bullock. And we talked a little bit about everything, to be completely honest. We talked about the start to the 2020 season. We talked about why some of the notable players from 2019 are on the roster. Those are some questions that you guys have sent in. Um, what's going on with Digby Ioni? That's obviously one of the premier players that the Raptors signed this offseason and he hasn't been on any rosters. Um, I can tell you that he hasn't reported. So those are some of the questions that you guys sent in that I, I asked uh, Mark Bullock. And he gives really good, honest answers. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. So. A little bit of a background, I, I, listening back through to the conversation, there was some context I wanted to provide. So he touched on why Honku Hermesis and Sean Davies aren't, aren't with the club anymore. Um, that's some of the stuff you guys sent in. Um, so if, you, if you've been paying attention to MLR at all, you might have noticed that Honku signed on Friday with Rugby United New York. So he actually played in their match against Rugby ATL this last weekend. I think he got about 20 to 30 minutes of, of play time in that match. Uh, Rug Rugby United New York actually won that match, so he was on the pitch for crunch time. Um, and for those who have been paying attention as well, Sean Davies is actually coaching with the Utah Warriors this year, so he'll be back at Infinity Park this weekend. So that's who the Raptors are playing. Um, yeah, the second match, second match at home. So, so he talked a little bit about all that stuff. He talked about what went into the hiring of head coach Pete Borlase um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you've been wondering kind of just what's been going on with the club, um, especially as there's been quite a few changes in the last few months, uh, hopefully this episode clears that up for you. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy all that. So I was originally planning on talking about the round three loss to the NOLA goal that happened on Saturday evening, but I will save that for a show later this week since Mark had a lot of good things to say. I think we talked for close to 20 minutes. Um, and uh, yeah, he talked. To, he just gave a lot of updates on on what's been going on with the club. So I think that's a little bit more important than a recap of the match. So if you're interested in reading about the match, you can go ahead and check out my recap on the dnvr.com. Um, I've also got the round three roundup up right now. So if you're interested in going and see what happened around the league, make sure you go check that out. I'll jump into a deeper recap of the match on the show later this week. I should be doing another one tomorrow. Um, guests still up in the air, but it's what it kind of sounds like. So I'll record that on Wednesday, talk a little bit about the match, this last pass match against the gold. Um, and then, of course, later in the week, we'll dive into a little bit of a preview of the Warriors. So um, if you're looking for a little bit more about the match, Mark dives into a little bit about the, the gold match so that you can get that in this conversation as well. So consider this to be Colorado Raptors State of the Union, if you will. Um, and with that introduction, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Colorado Raptors Director of Rugby, Mark Bullock. All right, now we welcome on Colorado Raptors Director of Rugby, Mark Bullock, to the show. Mark, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Looking forward to having a chat with you. Me too. I've been looking forward to this one for a little bit. So uh, just move on, move right in. So three weeks down now, 
Um, obviously not the results you guys have wanted through the first three weeks of the season, but I'm um, in your opinion, what has kind of been the difference in those in those matches? Um, well, our biggest uh, struggle has been that we just are turning the ball over and um, from our standpoint, we're not very accurate in our pass catch. And as a result, we're, we turn the ball over, we provide opportunities for the opposition, uh, and that puts us under uh, stressful conditions in terms of how we're playing. And so it really puts us at a disadvantage um, because when we turn the ball over, we go from attack, obviously, to defense. Uh, and defense is a tremendous amount of work. When, mm -hmm. you, when you're in attack, um, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's much work for you. And defensively, yeah. it's uh, strenuous, I think, uh, mentally and physically. And so uh, we really put ourselves under uh, duress. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, you know, we give away uh, penalties. Opposition has an opportunity to kick the ball down the field, line mm -hmm. out. Uh, and in fact, against New Orleans this weekend, uh, right at the start of the game is exactly what happened. We uh, turn the ball over. Um, then we have a penalty. They kick the ball down in the corner. They get a driving mm -hmm. mall. They drive it over for a score. And, and those things you just can't do. Right. Um, kind of mentioning the, the NOLA game this last weekend, I, I kind of walked away from that one thinking that was the best game uh, that you guys have played this season. Um, obviously came right down to the very end. So is it kind of like a feeling around the team that it's it's trending upward, it's getting better? And is that maybe related to the fact that some of these people, these guys have only been here for a little over a month now? Yeah, I would I would go back to the to the very first uh, league match in Houston. And in Houston, we played uh, really, I think, poorly. And I don't think Houston played that well either. It mm -hmm. was a, a, I don't want to say a comedy of errors, but it was just not a very good flowing game Looked and like we, a week one match right? yeah and we turned the ball over 22 times just gave them plenty of opportunities and then um, against San Diego down in Las Vegas I thought we played much better um, we had some breakdowns defensively and to be fair San Diego is a it's, very strong yeah, team and at this point good. in time uh, they're a better team than we are now uh -huh. we'll pick them up later in the year right uh, and that'll give us an opportunity to uh, prepare and be better prepared for them and then uh, this week against New Orleans we had our opportunities. I, I think that, that we had three um, potential tries that we did not score because of our accuracy, either the at the end of the game with the slight um, call on the forward pass. Yeah. We had another situation where we had a forward pass call that was a break. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had the break that London had made and made the offload pass to uh, Nick Boyer that was actually knocked on by yeah. a New Orleans player and then Nick you know wasn't able to handle the ball but that was a sure try also so we had opportunities we just didn't yeah. finish them so what the big thing in the New Orleans game was um, a we had 14 minutes of really horrendous defensive play the first mm -hmm. 10 minutes which we gave up two tries to go down 14 nil and then in the first four minutes of the second half we also had defensive lapses, which allowed them to score, which that's 21 points right. uh, within basically a 14-minute period of time. And so we have to correct that. And one of the things that we looked at in the New Orleans game was to come out fast mm -hmm. and finish strong. Well, right. we came out <laughs> slow. Right. We did finish strong. Yeah, certainly. Um, but we didn't, uh, we didn't accomplish what we needed to do defensively. And for me, as an emphasis on defense, um, I struggle with the fact that we've given up as many points as we have. So uh -huh. we have to shore up our defense, and, and part of that is our tackling and, and our 
structures in our line speed. So yeah, cool. Um, so kind of moving forward into like we just mentioned, Nola, Nola game thought was the best one. Is it, has there been any players that have caught your eye through these first three matches? Yeah, I would say that uh, Marco has been playing really well at prop and. He really played strongly in our first match, and he's just continued throughout each match. And, in fact, there's not a lot of props in the MLR that play 80 minutes, and he played yeah. 80 minutes on Saturday. And, um, you know, he's active around the field. He's uh, involved in a lot of tackles. Yeah. And he's played much, much stronger than he did last year's first year with us. I'm, I'm really pleased with his progress. Yeah, I'd love to get him on the show, but I've never heard him speak before yeah so. he's 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 a very <laughs> quiet person yes <laughs> cool so the reason i wanted to get you on the show one of the reasons at least was we've been getting some some questions on twitter um and they've been some stuff that i really don't know the answer to and i thought there'd no, be no better person to answer these than you so we'll move into those now so the first one comes from ryan tross on twitter but he, act, he actually asked quite a few so these these all will come from ryan trost on twitter um, and he asked, can you speak to why so many USA Eagles don't appear on the roster? Um, and he specifically lists Honku and Sean Davies. And so obviously he sent this question in before uh, the week one match against Houston. Um, so for people that don't know, Sean Davies is coaching in Utah now. And Honku just signed with Rugby United New York on Friday. So that's kind of where those guys ended up. But if going to open up the opportunity to kind of explain what um, how, how all that transpired. Yeah, sure. Uh, happy to address that. Um, first off with Shawnee Davies. Shawnee, uh, during the World Cup, was uh, part of his interest and concern was um, what was he going to do after the World Cup? Was he going to continue to play or was he going to move into coaching? And so yeah. we had discussions along those lines about you know what his options were. And uh, he decided that he wanted to look into coaching. Mm -hmm. We thought about hiring him with us. But at the same time, we also thought it would be better for him to go outside of our environment right. so that he get further experience. Yeah. And then with that experience, if he chooses to return, then he can return. Yeah. So that was uh, an option that he was looking at. Uh, with Honku, Honku was actually off contract at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't part of our organization. He was, in effect, a free agent. He could go wherever he wanted to do. We negotiated with him about... Um, playing with us, he wanted to not sign a contract until the end of the World Cup because he was hoping he'd be picked up mm -hmm. by a European uh, team. Uh, he was not. We offered him the opportunity to come with us. We were in agreement with that, um, but we did not have an agreement on his reporting date. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, um, we required him to come in at a particular time. Uh, he did not want to come in at that time, and so we broke off negotiations, if you will. And mm -hmm. so he had the opportunity to negotiate with whomever he wanted to do. Yeah. That sounds, things change. That's how, I mean, that's how life goes from the sounds of it, right? So every, yep. everything's fluid. Uh, cool. So the next question he asks is, can you talk about Coach Williams' departure? He went from MLR Coach of the Year candidate after year one to out of a job after year two. Yeah, well, some people always are, are uh, interested in you know the one and loss record mm -hmm. and one and loss record is one aspect of coaching yeah another aspect of coaching is what goes on in the environment within the team and within the team uh at the end of the second season and actually there were some rumblings in the first season we just were in a situation where we needed to make a change 
to have a better environment because one of the key things uh, within your team is having a good culture. Mm -hmm. And what we found is that the culture within the team was not as positive as it could have been. Yeah. And so we thought that if we went into a different direction, that would be better for us uh, internally. And that's what we did. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, the, the next one he asks is, what makes Pete Borlase a better fit? He's never been a head coach anywhere before, has he? Well, the first question is, he hasn't been a head coach. Well, he was a coach of a team here called the Denver Barbarians. Yeah. And he was the head coach there for quite some time. Then he was a head coach in Spain for a professional team uh -huh. prior to come returning back to the USA where he was an assistant coach for the Denver Stampede, which was the first rendition of pro yeah. rugby in America. In addition to that, he was a, a, an assistant coach with the USA under-20s team. And then he was obviously an assistant coach with the Glendale Raptors, now the Colorado Raptors. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason that he was a good fit is um, after we made the decision to change coaches, uh, when Luke Gross, who's the head of our um, amateur rugby division, and I were meeting, we were meeting with um, Pete, and during that meeting, it became very obvious that he was he understood what culture was. He understood it, where we needed to go. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, he had uh, a full professional background in terms of coaching. Mm -hmm. And so all of those things just fit together. And as Luke and I were having that uh, interview and discussion, and we weren't actually interviewing for the position at that time. Yeah. When we were having that discussion, it became, as I mentioned before, apparent that he was a great candidate for the position. Yeah. And that is a really important thing. And for me, I come from a football background mm -hmm. where I spent 20 years coaching in football. And in football, we have a coaching staff. The coaching staff consists of a head coach and then numerous assistant coaches. Right now in Glendale, we operate more like a professional football staff yeah. than the way that we operate in the previous two seasons. Yeah. And so consequently, we have a staff of people who are all working together, working on a common theme, and all have various roles in the program. And that is a much more effective mm -hmm. and a much more uh, valuable organization. And in fact, uh, one of my wife's comments was, wow, you seem so happy. <laughs> and I was like, well, I go, our staff is very much like when I was coaching football. Yeah. We have that opportunity to have discussions. We can disagree. Uh, we have a good time, but we're all going for the same common goal. Right. Yeah, I mean, that all makes sense to me, and that was a good way to answer two questions in one. So I like that's effective. Um, and then the next one from the Twitter, his name is Snow Camel on Twitter, which interesting name. <laughs> but he asks, is, is Digby Ione a Raptor? I haven't heard or read his name once since announcing he signed in the summer. So I know um, just based on some of the conversations that, that we've had in the last couple of weeks that, that there's, a, there's a whole lot more to, to this than meets the eye. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, actually, it's a really good question. Digby Ione is, was, in fact, and is signed with us. Our challenge is called the U.S. government, and it's called <laughs> immigration services. And, and maybe in the headlines you've heard about immigration because it seems to be a, a major topic with USA government. And so... Uh, he's caught in the immigration battle to enter the United States. So uh, the first rendition of his application process, immigration want to know why we, 
we would want a player of his caliber to be on our team, which was, on our view, was, well, to play against the other players of his caliber <laughs> on the other team. Yeah, that's a weird uh, question to ask. Yes, it was very strange, but that was what we had to do. So we had to provide documentation, more information on why he he should be playing for us. Yeah. So it would be kind of like uh, Apple getting a scientist from another country who's the top of his field in um, programming and then being told that he, why would you need somebody of that mm -hmm. caliber? So that was the first round. And then in the second round, he actually got rejected for his visa because the immigration department decided that Major League Rugby really wasn't a major sport mm -hmm. in America and therefore he shouldn't be allowed to come in. We then immediately reapplied. Mm -hmm. We uh, added another uh, 180 pages of documentation Jeez. of why uh, Major League Rugby is a professional sport and how we are um, broadcast or our games are broadcast on three different uh, networks, et cetera. And so we are presently in the process of waiting for that approval. Mm -hmm. We are actually hopeful that that comes this week. Okay. Um, because that's the timeline because we did an expedited yeah. uh, processing. But we've heard uh, uh, last week that other teams in Major League Rugby are also running in some roadblocks. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because they didn't have roadblocks at the beginning of the process, but now they are. And so, mm -hmm. again, it's just how things are going with uh, yeah. U.S. immigration. Um, there's more hurdles to yeah. to pass, and, and we're just stuck. Yeah, there's a... I've come to realize there's a lot more than than meets the eye to this, uh, this whole process, and I, I'm sure that you know better than anybody. I'm sh that's, that's some crazy stuff, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge, and we shake our heads, and yeah. there's nothing we can do about it. Our uh -huh. legal counsel... Uh, is the same. They're yeah. they're highly competitive. And want to get this done, but uh, once it's turned into the government, it's we're at the mercy of yeah. some individual who happens Your to be reading the application. Oh, um, so I did want to ask one more, Mark, before you get out of here, and it's one I know you've answered quite a bit, but there has been some people that have sent in questions about the rebrand. So could you give me the the Cliff Notes version of of the rebrand one yeah. more time? Yeah. So. <laughs> When we started the Glendale Raptors in 2000, well, when I came down in 2005, um, and we started really full board in February 2005, the uh, part of the purpose of uh, the Glendale Raptors in, in starting the regular program was to rebrand the city of Glendale. And that has been very successful. Mm -hmm. We've rebranded the city. Uh, they're now called Rugby Town USA. Um, we're really well known within the state of Colorado and actually we're quite well known overseas um, yeah. because of the international tournaments that we've had here including the Churchill Cup and the uh, US or the women's sevens and so forth so you know that's been a real plus now the um, part of when we went to um, professional rugby right we you know, kind of had we were thinking about like expanding. Now, once a, a unique thing about Glendale is there are people that live near Glendale don't even know where Glendale is. Uh -huh. The other thing that's happened is a lot of people when you say, "Oh, we're the Glendale Raptors," they immediately think we're from Arizona or we're from California. Yeah, obviously we're not. <laughs> we are the major city here, Glendale, Colorado, surrounded by the suburbs called Denver. Yeah, and so a lot of people don't know that, and we decided that we would have a much better brand recognition 
if we change to the Colorado Raptors, yeah. and that would be encompassing all of Colorado, the West Slope and obviously the Front Range, but more importantly, we have fans that are in New Mexico, mm -hmm. Kansas, Nebraska, uh, Wyoming, and even up in Montana, and so we felt that if we were the Colorado Raptors, we'd have a bigger brand recognition, and we would represent really uh, the eastern side of the Rocky Mountains, and, and that was the reason that we, we made our change. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. I've personally heard you give that explanation a couple times, but I thought I would ask you one more time since you got you on the show. Well, uh, Mark, that's all the questions I had. So thank you very much for your time. Well, you're welcome. I would be love to come back. And oh, I would love you. to have you back on. I have some more ideas I'd like to pitch you in. Right. Uh, Got to squeeze in to go farmers before we cut this off. All right. right. Yeah. Hey, go farmers <laughs> because. I was a farmer, not a student farmer, but yeah. a teacher and principal farmer. Yeah, once a farmer, always a farmer, as they say. Huh? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Colorado Raptors Director of Rugby, Mark Bullock. Thank you again to Mark for coming on and chatting about these topics. I thought he gave really honest answers, and I know he's a busy guy. So thank you for carving out some time, um, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. I enjoyed uh, learning a little bit about the stuff that I don't know, because even I didn't know a lot of that stuff. So. Hopefully that answers some of the questions that have been coming in. Um, hopefully that answers a few of the questions I've seen floating around the rugby corners of the internet as well. So uh, thank you again to Mark Bullock. Kind of moving on, like I mentioned before, the interview with Mark Bullock, I'm planning on knocking out another show tomorrow. I'll break down the loss to NOLA a little bit. I know Mark touched on a little bit in our conversation, but I'll dive into it a little deeper. Um, I thought this was the Raptors' best match of the season. I think that kind of goes without saying. They're really in it for the whole time. Um, came all the way down to the end. If you watched it, you know it was uh, Raptors actually tied the match there in the 80th minute, but it, it was called back for a forward pass. Or they would have tied. We can assume that it would have been a tie game in the 80th minute because uh, Chad London squirted through the defense and he dotted the ball down right between the pipes. So we just assuming Tomas Quinlan makes the kick. Um, who knows what we're looking at there? We're looking at a tie game. Raptors get an extra point, save a loss off that record. But obviously, we'll dive into that a little bit later in the week on a, another show. So um, it was awesome. Really, the atmosphere was awesome. There's a lot of people that came out. Um, I know Brendan Voigt and Drew Creaseman of DNVR were there. So thank those guys for coming out. Um, I hope they had a good time. I hope everybody that came had a good time. Thank you to everybody who entered our ticket giveaway last week. It, it did pretty well. I know we'll be doing more of those as the season goes on including for match uh, for the Utah Warriors match this week. So make sure you keep it locked on our Twitter account at DNVR underscore Raptors. Um, I think the Raptors have been sharing that stuff too. So if you're tied into rugby at all, make sure you're keeping an eye out and win some free tickets to the game this weekend. So it was, it was a good turnout, awesome environment. Rugby was super entertaining. I hope everyone enjoyed it. This week I'll go into some the standings a little bit more as we kind of see um, them, them taking shape after the first quarter of the season. Also have a few more guys on for some interviews as well. I'm going to try to do three more shows this week, so hopefully that makes up a little bit for my bad showing last week since I only got one show out literally like on Friday night. So thank you guys for bearing with me. I'll, I'll try to do a little bit better this week. And that's kind of how it's shaping up to be this week so far too. So it's looking good. Uh, remember to check out all of our coverage on thednvr.com. Follow along on Twitter uh, at DNVR underscore Raptors. 
Make sure you're following the Raptors account. Follow my personal account, at Colton Strickler. I'll be uh, keeping you plugged into all that stuff as well. So keep sending in questions. We've got some good ones. This was obviously how this um, episode kind of came to be. I know I asked Mark a majority of the questions that were sent in on Twitter. So if you got any questions you're dying to know, make sure you're sending them my way, and I'll get them answered for you. If you've been listening to the show, this is kind of what I was alluding to, is there was questions that I wasn't in the know enough to answer. I'm not, like, to be quite honest, I'm not smart enough to answer these questions. I just don't know what's going on as far as that stuff goes. So, um, again, thank you to Mark for coming on and answering those. Um, so keep sending them in. Obviously, like I've been telling you, if I don't know the answer, I will get somebody who does know the answer to come on and answer them for you. So, yeah, with that, um, that's my show for today, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Hope you had a good day, and we'll catch you later this week. Peace.